mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla and we are directionally challenged. Yeah, we totally thought we'd have everything figured out by the time we were in our 30s. <laughs> what were we thinking? We uh, don't. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> but we are here today. Oh my gosh. We are so excited about today's episode. We are lucky enough to have a really good friend of ours, Josh Makuga, on as our guest Josh is not only one of our best friends, but he is fascinating. He has so many stories to tell and he has an amazing show coming on History Channel and we are so excited to celebrate it with him. Um, it's also about food, which Candace and I love food. We love food. The show is called Eating History and it's all about people who collect um, old food items and old drinks and old sauces that have just been contained and then years and decades later, they open them after their expert dates and they try them. I never knew that this was a thing. I mean, I, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know our friend Josh was as involved in it. And we found this whole new side of him. Wait, but you knew that about this like trend that people were like, oh, well, I kind of think I knew about doomsday preppers and people that would like hoard old food. And I did know that people collected old food, but I didn't know there was such an underground side to this whole thing. I mean, people collect and how much money they'll pay for, you know, just old, uh, like bottles of Tang because it means something to them. And like, there's so much to this. Yeah. It's a, it's a, what I, what a, what a time to be alive. I mean, with the internet, you, there is just something for everyone out there. And I'm here for it. If you had to collect, choose one thing to like spend a lot of money on, that was an old, old type of food. What would it be? Oh, wine. Oh, yeah. Duh. Okay. Except well, I drink like it. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'd want to drink it. I'm really bad at like holding on to something too long. But then because I've done that before. And then actually, that's not true. I've got a couple bottles of absinthe. Whenever I buy absinthe in Europe, um, I end up never drinking it. We Do you travel home with that in your suitcase? Yes. Don't, oh, wow. I no, do. I'm impressed. No, I'm, I'm, uh, that's where I turn into like a food collector is when I'm traveling. Like oh. my nightmare, you've traveled with me before. We've been to Paris together, mm -hmm. um, a few times. But when we did a girl's trip in Paris, all anyone wanted to do was go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not my thing on a trip. I want to go to a food market. I want to do an olive oil tasting. Yep. I want fresh berries and salts. 
It's fresh berries and salt. I buy so much salt when I travel. It's That's wild. True. One birthday, so Candace lived in Atlanta and I, it was my birthday and she came home and she'd given me all these different types of salts. And I didn't really know that that was something you were into. And I, and I really appreciate it now in hindsight because I cook so much and it's fun. There's like lavender salt and that's like fun to throw on things. But in the context, context of it being your birthday, I just remember like opening all these things and they were all salts. And I was like, this is so interesting. Thank you so much. You know, sometimes when you give someone a gift that you would like, I think that was one of those. Yeah, I do that a lot. Um, do you did you collect anything? Are you a collector of items? No, you know, we brought some truffles home from um, Paris when we went, and I think sometimes we we don't collect something, but if we travel, we do bring stuff home. But when um, you were a kid, did you collect anything? No, but we're moving right now, and I um basically went through our old pantry and um. I don't think I meant to, but I must have collected old things because I went through like old relish jars that, you know, like specialty relish jars and like mustards and things. And I'm looking at these dates and it's like best if used by 2016. And I'm like, oh God, throw that away, throw that away. But now since Josh came, I'm like, maybe I should have just tried them. I know I do have, especially I've been trying to be better about being aware of the food that I'm buying. So I'm not just throwing food away. You know, I'm trying to, I'm learning about composting right now. I I took a composting class. We're going to talk about it in a different episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm trying to just be more Mm eco-conscious and a lot about uh, something that's really bad for the environment is how much food we throw away. So that is something that I find really interesting about eating history. Uh, Josh's, Josh's show coming up is the, like the fact that these people are trying to relieve like a carbon footprint, whether they like it or not, (laughs) they kind of are. Um, But you never collected anything as a kid. I was one of those weird kids, remember? Like not even Beanie Babies. My mom collected Beanie Babies, oh, so I guess would that Kayla. maybe count? Like, I didn't have posters up on my wall. Remember, I was a <gasps> yes, weird kid. I like, I no, I didn't collect anything. Truly, so I went home. Oh, my uh, sister and I had a sticker collection. Does that count? Oh, not God. really. I know, I know. That's of course, my, you had an my honest organized answer. sticker collection. <laughs> no, I was that nerdy kid that like really took Beanie Babies seriously. Like, if for my birthday, I wanted like. Beanie Babies that cost over $100. Do you still have these Beanie I do. Babies? They're oh. all at home in Florida. My mom is eventually going to ship them to me. I took them out when I was there last uh, summer. And uh, Florence was with us, our daughter, our youngest. And she wanted to look at them. But I have pocket protectors over all the Beanie Babies little <gasps> like heart tags. Because oh if you take the tag off, then you, it's you not worth anything. This, that's serious. Oh, I was very serious. I have like the Garcia Beanie Baby. I know I have the Princess Diana somewhere. And um, oh, yeah, I had, like the red, like the bull from the bulls. Um, I had the dolphin one that was real fancy. Like I, all the bears, like I really went in hard on How the bears. How much money do you think this Beanie ba- Baby collection is worth? Because that's the thing. They always said they were really valuable, but everyone had them. So um, my theory is they're actually not worth much. So that's what my mom's theory is as well I'm, and Joe's theory. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a market for this somewhere. And you know what? History Channel, ring me up because I'm ready for my Beanie Baby history docuseries. <laughs> that is a very fascinating docuseries. I love that. But today we're here to talk about eating history with Josh McCuga. So stay tuned. Without further ado, here is our awesome combo with our best bud, Josh. And we are here with a very special guest this morning. We have Josh McCuga, one of our dearest friends and kind of just overall awesome guy. You were the best oh, man at my wedding. That's true. I yeah. mean, <laughs> killer speech, Josh. Thank you. Thank I think you. this is the first time you've come into our house where all of a sudden I haven't been like, Josh, can you make cocktails? Because I don't know how to do it right now. <laughs> or your children run towards me yeah. or child run towards me. Uh, yeah, no, this is uh, this is amazing. I love you. I mean, you both were in my wedding. You were the maid of honor in my wedding. I know. He pointed uh, to me. Yeah, to Kayla. Kayla. Sorry. Yeah, thanks, Kay. Burn. Well, the, what your audience probably doesn't know is that Kayla had been hiding my wife, Amanda, for months, if not years, before we met at your engagement party. And I said, and I said, where has she been? And you're like, well, she's 
you're this I don't know. I mean, okay. In all honesty, your mom had asked me for so many years, like, Kayla, don't you have someone for Josh? And I kept saying, I don't. Most of my friends are are taken. And in all honesty, Amanda had been dating someone for a really long time. Okay. So I thought um, I thought she wasn't available. Yes. Turns out, you know, you guys are meant to be. And it was the coolest thing. You met at our engagement party. And now you're married. And it's who awesome. threw that um, And who party? threw that? <laughs> Candace threw the, Thank us, you. the best engagement party, a kickball kickoff yes. to our engagement. I'm just so... I'm just saying you're welcome, yes. Josh. I will say this, that without either one of you, I wouldn't be where I am today, married to an amazing woman. You're so, that's yeah. why we brought you on this podcast. I guess <laughs> that's you. a wrap. That's all that's we needed it. to talk that's about. It. It's over. <laughs> Amanda said before I came, she's like, make sure you talk about me a lot. And I was like, all right. Deal. Okay. Deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you have an amazing new show coming out. We are so excited. Thank Tell you. us the premise. Tell us everything. So it's called Eating History. And we're telling the history of our country. Uh, we don't have, we're not doing international season one. Um, there was some thoughts of going international, but uh, you know, as we're shooting it. Uh, we have so much food and drink history in our own country that you could, we shot 12 episodes. There's so much more that we could have shot. There was items and food items and drink items that we never even got to. So like we're set for season two, knock on wood, if, you know, if, and when that happens, but. So take us through an episode. So eating history, basically what is like the difference between every other food show that you're going to see is we're, we're going to give you like a history of an item, a lot of items that you may remember items that you're like, I don't know that item, like mm. things that have been discontinued kind of a thing. We're going to tell you the history of that item. And then here's where it like flips. So it's like bizarre foods, parts unknown kind of a situation. And then we go fear factor and we try it. So there's like, you know, there's, we try old food. I we mean, try... you guys did a vintage box of Wheaties yeah. from 1947, which mm -hmm. sounds really cute and yes. cool and sounds like it might taste okay. Sure. You also did canned grasshoppers. Yeah. Not so great. Not so great. Uh, what's the worst thing that you tried? <sighs> well, every day is like a, every, like as I'm walking to studio in the morning, cause we shot this whole thing in New York, we've done some awesome field pieces and stuff too. We got to my, go to my hometown of <gasps> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There you go. Pennsylvania. <laughs> 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 uh, like by the third day of shooting, I was like, so where are you from again? I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I say Pittsburgh a lot. Um, and, uh, we've like, you know, every day on the way to studio, I would say, I would call Amanda and I would say today could be the day that you die for taste from tasting something <laughs> rotten. I wouldn't say die, but there's always that chance. We do have an onset medic and an onset like food scientist and all that kind of stuff. Go ahead. Have you had to sign a waiver? Like, you know, oh, when you yeah. go on like a, a snorkeling trip and they're like, you're just going to see some coral totally. and maybe <laughs> like a, a clownfish. <laughs> but in case you get eaten by sharks, it's not on it's us. not on us. So just so our yeah. listeners know, no one tries this food before you. No. You mm. are the very first one to open this vintage. Yes. Food, either beverage, drink. food, whatever it is, yes. and try it. Yes. And there's a lot at stake. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, that's like the wild part of it. And it's not like, we're not doing this for the shock factor. We're not doing it for like the shock value of it all. We're not like, look at us, we try old food. It legitimately, you know, I say it in the, in the trailer is like the only way to really taste history is to do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really cool to investigate these items, how food ages over time. Cause as we say in the show is like the expiration date is just a suggestion. It's, Ooh, it's just a suggestion. I don't know. When I clean my fridge out, I use that expiration date. <laughs> you and Amanda both. Um, <laughs> It's like, you know, certain dry foods will hold up really well over time. Certain ones won't. Uh, most like liquors and beers and stuff. Beer does not really hold up well. And Did you learn that a hard way? Oh, yeah. We tried what some beer did really you try? old beers. Um, we, I'm not going to – I can't okay. tell you that one, but I will say – We've, we tried like four or five different old beers from like the 30s and 40s and 50s. And the things that happened to beer over time, it's very interesting. We learned that on our um, sommelier episode, like the difference of like what holds up over time and what doesn't yeah. and how like a lot of wines are actually better without corks and and they're actually better with the screw top yeah. because of the way like the, too much air gets in with a cork. But it's crazy because you just assume that like something will expire because everything should like eventually decompose yes. and expire. And no. then you like, are like, no, no, no. We live in a time with McDonald's French fries, yeah. which they will last forever. Forever. Have you done a McDonald's French fry? I just um, watched from that one documentary. Yes. So I always picture them. So like there have been items that we've like 
you know, wanted to do, but they've been done to death, right? Like there's a guy out there that has a McDonald's apple pie that's like 30 years old and it still looks exactly the same. Oh my God. And like there's McDonald's, there's that story of the guy with the McDonald's cheeseburger who went, he was like a traveling salesman. He got a McDonald's cheeseburger. He left it in a coat pocket and forgot about it for 25 years. And when he opened it, it was the exact same. Did he Nothing taste it? Happened. No, he didn't taste it. I mean, so here's the thing is when you're tasting old food and you're going through old food is the one foods and like a lot of the foods you have to be very, very careful of are canned meats. Obviously meats do not age well uh, unless you like, you know, smoke it or put it, you know, like when you go to Spain, you go to Italy and you see the, ha- the ham mm-hmm. hanging from the thing and it's like that beautiful hormone that gets like harder and harder and it's kind of like a chewy or like a jerky. You can do that right? Like drying of food and freeze drying of food is a great way to preserve food. But like canned meats, if you see it bulging, more than likely that can has botulism. And botulism is the strongest toxin we have on this planet. And you don't see lots of cases of botulism because people either don't know about it or just throw away canned meats, right? And there's some like really historical stuff that goes on. Like you're, you're all probably thinking spam. When I say canned meats, a lot of people like spam. It's where immediately where people go. And if you see a can of spam and it's bulging, and we went to this guy's house in San Francisco who was a canned meat collector and his collection was unbelievable. And there's an amazing canned meat in his collection that we wanted to try, but it was bulging like you wouldn't believe. So that clearly has botulism. Now when you, you can't smell botulism, you can't see it, you can't taste it. And you can't manufacture it. That's why it's not like a biological weapon. And that's what like the U.S. government is always afraid of is that people are going to poison our food and water supply because you can do that. Like, you can take a can of meat and throw it in the water supply and then everybody's dead. It's wild. It's what are wild the side effects toxin. of botulism? So botulism, as soon as you taste it, you can just go paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Like it paralyzes you. So there's a story of a girl. One of our executives knew a girl whose grandma used to can uh, chicken soup. And she just kept the jar of, you know, like in a mason jar. She kept the chicken soup in her pantry, didn't put it in the freezer or in a refrigerator. And she tasted it and she got botulism and her whole left side went paralyzed for like three years. She still has to walk with a cane and can't see out of her left eye. Like it's very, very, very serious. Are you ever afraid? Oh, yeah. So we have a toxicologist and we have a medic on set. And they've been times and they're like, you're fine. There's really no inherent risk here. Like if you see mold, obviously you don't go to it. But if they think that it has any chance of botulism, they like, you know, we put gloves on, we put eyewear on and it gets removed from set because things we have seen things like you're going to see an episode where we open up a, we open up a box of 1975 chef Boyardee and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but like that was the most extreme thing that we opened on the show. Oh my God. And it's like the smell that came out of that can is still in my brain. <laughs> like I can still feel it in my face. It's crazy. Like it's, it's unlike anything I've ever smelled. I, I, you'll see in the, in the show, because there's like, there's amazing historical adventure that we take through it. Right. You learn all about it. You talk all about it. You share memories about the food. Cause everybody like, how do we, we share so many memories. Like we talk like, you got to try this restaurant. Oh my God. You got to try this food. We just did Thanksgiving together, Candace. Mm -hmm. You and I tried to make rolls that we clearly failed. Those dang rolls kill you guys every every year. year. But you're right. I think some of the best memories are made over food, sitting with your friends and just enjoying food. Like, you know, we talk about DeSano pizza all the time, like places that we go all the time that we love. And um, the same thing can be said about cereals that you had when you were a kid and candies that you had. And we're going down that rabbit hole, right? You know, like Pringles, the crazy, like the worst thing that we ate, ate, because there are things that where the medics came on set, like, do not touch that. You will die. You cannot eat that. And we still went through the history and there's an amazing thing when you open it and be like, all right, that's what it looks like. Oh, wow. Right. So there's like all kinds of craziness that, and then we, you know, we've eaten some things that I didn't see certain things. And we have this probe camera that goes into the food and it's like this super, super extreme close up. And he's like, you just ate like a thousand bugs. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Great. So, so, look at Melissa. She's like, this is insane. So yeah. there's like two undercurrent like themes, I think, running through. Because my mm-hmm. big question is like, why do people collect food? Why is there this underground um, phenomenon, which yeah. is, which I've learned from talking with you, Josh, that yeah. there are like, tons of these YouTube videos and like these like collectors of food. So on one hand, my question is, do you think it's having met a lot of these people now a season in, is it the comfort of collecting something or is it the like bunker style? We got to stock up in case someone tries to poison our food and water and I'm going to be prepared with my like food rations. It's, it's, it's really both like the, 
the the food ration because Smokey, old Smokey, my my co-host, I call him Smokey. He's got like nine different names. He's like the king of the nickname. We he's, we we have to hear all about. Yeah, him. he's amazing. He's like the one of the most original guys you'll ever meet. Uh, he's from West Virginia. He's been collecting old military rations. He got his nickname because he collects old uh, vintage tobacco products as well. So like I've oh. smoked cigarettes from the forties and fifties that are just it's insane. Like they taste incredible. It's uh, it's such a cool adventure like being with this guy because he has such a vast knowledge of collecting things that I don't collect. Right. Whereas I've always been into like the pop culture side. I've seen vintage, you know, Jim Beam has made all these decanters from through the ages. And I was walking through Brooklyn where, where we shoot and I found an old Jim Beam decanter that was still full and brought it to the post-production staff and was like, you know, thank you for all your hard work. Here you go. Um, because they don't get to try that stuff and people don't look for that stuff. When you go into a vintage store, you're like, oh, look at that jar. That looks amazing. I look and I'm like, is that still full? What's in the jar? What's in it? I want to know, like, if you guys have, because you can, you know, you can collect anything, but most of the stuff you're going to find are empty. We just happen to find a lot of people that have kept the things in there and it's either an experiment. They love the collecting of it. They never wanted to touch it. Like I have an uncle that when he finds something, my uncle Dan, he's the one that kind of got us into this whole thing. And my dad collects food tins and my uncle collects food tins and coins. And, but he has found like tons of full old things. And he's like, I'm not going to open this. And my dad still has beer cans from the Steelers in the 70s, from Pitt in the 70s. Really? Still full in the refrigerator. They've gone from like seven different homes. And my dad like covets these things. And so, so it's not about tasting them for your dad. It's about collecting. Collecting. Well, because yeah. that has like Steeler yes. Yes. merchandise. But not yeah. a lot of people have the full cans still. Like they emptied the cans and then they just put the can on the shelf. My dad has a story where he had these two penguins when they won the uh, Stanley Cup in 91. The Pittsburgh beer, it's called Iron City and Icy Light. Icy Light released these penguins cans. And I had them on my shelf in my bedroom. My dad came in the bedroom the one day and he's like... Man, it smells like beer. He's like, is Josh drinking beer up here? He's like, Josh hasn't lived here in five years. And the beer can had exploded <gasps> in the room and it was just spraying beer. Like, you know, those little when you poke it, it yeah. just like in the room. My dad was like, I can hear it. He was just like spraying <laughs> me, like caught my dad in the face. So like things can happen like that all the time to people that collect full food items. So you shoot in New York, but you also go on these crazy excursions yes. where you go, you know, all over the US and mm -hmm. you visit these collectors. Mm -hmm. Now, not only is the food a story, but I feel like the individuals who collect oh, yeah. are also their own story. Yeah, yeah. What's the, is there a certain type of personality that comes into play when collecting this or are they all just sort of eccentric people? No, it's, you know, everybody has their thing, right? Like everybody's got their thing. They're one thing. And there's some people that are obsessed with being one of the guys we met is the top beer trader in the world. So online he trades beers. So things that he hasn't seen. Um, and he was, was such a cool guy. He has like a beer club at his house. We got to meet these guys and they had some vintage beers. We met a guy who has the largest hot sauce collection in the world. Like individually, his house is a museum to hot sauce. It's a, an actual museum. It's been like dedicated. And that. so he's a collector. He doesn't try it. He doesn't. He keeps them closed, but he's had a lot of them closed and he's had some really old ones that we got to open with them, wow. which was really, really cool. Um, and then you meet, you know, some of these people that it, like they fell into the collection and they kind of got obsessed with it. It's, uh, like to go back to Candace's point of like, who are, who are the, the people is like, you learn about the people that are like doomsday preppers and then they kind of got into collecting. And also the U S government did that as well, where they were like bunkering tons of different food items around the country during the cold war, because we were so convinced that we were going to be in nuclear war and we were gonna have to live in caves for like 10 years. And so you find a lot of those people have like emptied those, um, those bunkers and have kept those vintage foods closed. And we got a chance to try some of those, which is wild. And so I think there's like this beautiful balance of like, cause I, okay. So when I first like started trying the old food and drink, I was in high school and I tried, I like my dad had this vintage bottle of Jim Beam that had a pit Panther on it when they won the national championship in 1976. I'm seeing a theme here with, yes. with Pittsburgh. Yes. You always, you know, I mean, your audience should also know that I swam in high school, but we'll get back to that later. <laughs> so, um, so I opened it during a high school party, not even thinking and like was pouring Jim <gasps> oh Beam out of it. Oh my gosh. I'm like... already mad for your dad right <laughs> no. now. So I can just see your dad's face. Yeah. Uh, so the party ends. I like seal the Jim Beam up and I like tried to make it look as close as possible. And it took him about a year to figure out because my dad, my dad is a giant collector. You guys haven't been to my parents' house in Pittsburgh. My dad has a, a, office and his entire shelves are just soldiers and my dad collects hats and he collects all kinds of like different food tins. Some still have food in them, some don't. 
So he has been a massive collector his whole life. Not hoarder, although if you go in our attic, it looks like we hoard. Um, <laughs> but uh, it took him about a year. And I was still in high school. I think I was like 15, 16 when I opened. So I was like junior in high school. And my I come home, my dad is sitting on a chair. And, he, and my dad doesn't get upset often. You guys know my dad. He's a very, very jovial, lovely guy. And he was like, uh, you got something to tell me? And I was like, oh, God. I mean, my mind's only going back like two weeks at that point. I'm like, oh, they found a Milwaukee's best light can in the fridge. Like they, you know, like I'd had a high school party and they found something. He's like, did you, uh, did you open my bottle of pit Jim Beam? And I was like, what? He's like, don't lie. You have one chance not to lie to me. You have one chance. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I was saving that for your wedding. And I was like, oh, God. Do you think he was or he just wanted to <laughs> no, rub it in? Because I would tell that is exactly in. some yes, shit I would pull totally. with our teens. Yes. Like if they broke into our bottle no. of Pappy, I yeah. would be like, I was going to give you that. <laughs> When it's you graduated good, from college. It's a good parental guilt trip. Like to this day, it like hurts my soul. So I have been like scouring the internet for that pit Jim Beam and it's like nowhere. The only oh. time I saw it was like $7,000 and I'm not going to pay. It has this gold pit panther on the top of it. It's like a beautiful bottle of gin. And they don't make, Jim Beam doesn't really do the decanters anymore. They they just do collector edition glassware. Like, you know, when you're in, uh, like you go to the stores around Christmas time, every brand has like the bottle with like a cool mixing tin or like two glasses or whatever. Jim Beam used to do like these long series of these unbelievable bottles that were also like cars and telephones. And, you know, they would, you know, do a pit because they, they would do sports that won national championships or Super Bowls or whatever. They don't do that anymore. So these things become like more and more rare because I found this, the one that I gave to the post-production staff was a New York City fire engine from the 70s and it was still full of Jim Beam. So I like brought that to them. Figure it was pretty apropos. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so <laughs> delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix my favorite is the peach mango flavor. 
So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. So what I'm gathering from this conversation yeah. so far is that this really is a match made in heaven because yeah. I didn't realize how much of a collector you were, even in your teen years, how much of a collector your dad was, because yeah. you didn't necessarily move out to LA to be like, my dream <laughs> is to host a show where I get to collect and eat old food. You're right. Well, You're right. you moved out here. How old were you? Uh, I was 24. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I went to... So a long went, time ago. <laughs> thanks, Kay. Appreciate it. You can see the gray. The salt's <laughs> coming in pretty good. Um, I went to I went to college in Pennsylvania, and then uh, I went to New York for two years. And I was just... I All I ever wanted to do was be the next host of Jeopardy. And I figured, let me figure out how to do that. I should have had like an advisor in college and tell them that. But my parents are like, you're going to major in business, so you have something to fall back on. But I never like really looked at that like that. So I started like acting, doing stand-up, doing improv comedy, auditioning for whatever I could in New York. And then... I moved here uh, for pilot season in 2008 and have wouldn't, I, I wanted to live in California since I was five years old. So uh, as soon as I got here, kind of hit the ground running and was just like doing anything and everything that I could to be in front of a camera, what it, whatever it was, uh, you know, starting a YouTube channel in 2009 with a couple buddies, um, then, you know, doing a bunch of stand up, going on the road for stand up, starting a podcast with a couple buddies, then that podcast kind of taking off and like another one. And, and before so, like, podcasts were what they are right now. Yeah, I mean, we were like, our, the Schmoes No podcast and like YouTube channel was before everybody was like kind of reviewing movies. We were one of the first, you know, bigger YouTube movie reviewing things. And I never wanted to be a movie critic. I've always been like the comedy aspect of that. Like Mark Ellis and I have been, and then there's like serious movie critics and that's kind of like an amalgamation of all of that. We've seen your movie posters in yeah. your in your home. <laughs> oh yeah. Before we Amanda lived yeah. there. Amanda took them all down. Uh, we only have the one like art piece of Bad Boys 2. It's uh, pretty sweet. So, um, so, you know, I was always, you know, like a host, a personality kind of a thing. I was, I, I mean, I love acting and I think what you guys do is very, very impressive, but I don't think I was ever very good at it. Like if you threw me in a sitcom, I could probably make people laugh, but like as a dramatic actor, <laughs> that wasn't going to take, like, I, I think I had an audition for a soap opera in New York and the woman was like, you smile too much for soaps. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, try and be serious. I was like, it's really hard. This, yeah. this is very, very difficult. So, um, so yeah, so I got here and like, just so happened, like, you know, to meet a lot of really good people, I think, and um, just, you know, work every angle humanly possible. Um, Cause I never, you know, an agent never signed me, a manager never signed me. Um, and so I've always just kind of been able to book my own work and, and make, create your own and opportunities, create, yeah, create my own stuff. You know, I built my, before my wife moved into our apartment, my apartment was a soundstage to shoot a, a talk show, which we like, were on, which you both were on the Josh McCuga show. Uh, and so I was able to like basically make a turnkey operation out of my apartment, make it livable, but also make it a talk show. Ever since I've known you, you have been one of the hardest working people. I know. Oh, you. And you're right. It's such a testament to who you are because a lot of people have um, a big team behind them. Sure. That says this opportunity, this opportunity, you have been your own team and you have created such an amazing opportunity. I think that our listeners and we have so much to learn from that because truly like you deserve this so much. Oh, I mean, well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. I think, uh, I mean, I 
I think work is is all relative, right? Like I think everybody works very, very hard. Uh, listen, I love a nap just like the rest <laughs> of people. Like, you know, I mean, sometimes I go to my car and I just close my eyes for 20 minutes because I just need it. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, listen, five years ago, I was delivering groceries, right? That was my main source of income. Uh, I met your husband bartending mm-hmm. um, and I bartended my whole life, you know, through ups and downs is like, I've always had a job that wasn't what I wanted to do, which in this city and in life is very frustrating when you see a lot of the people you went to college with, you know, have massive houses now and like we're in the same major as you and I could, I could be there if I wanted to. I could have worked a job that I was miserable at for 15, 16 years, but I, I've never been able to do that. And I've never been scared of hard work. I've never been scared of putting myself out there. Um, it's, it can be, listen, at the end of the day, it can be very, very frustrating. I think in entertainment, you are told you're not good enough all of the time. And like last night, um, the, 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 Group that won, talking about the Oscars, I'm, we're kind of, but the, the group that won the best animated or best live action short film, we're talking about this Crown Act where they're trying to stop discrimination because of hair, right? And because people are discriminating, we're discriminated because of our hair every single time we walk into a room, right? Like we're, we're discriminated for how we look. We're discriminated because we're just not the right look for the thing. You can't say that in any other profession. You can't. You can't say you don't have, you're not good enough to be in a soap. I had an agent tell me in New York, you're not good looking enough to be a leading man and you're not ugly enough to be a character actor. I don't know what to do with you. And so I said, okay, that's great. And so I figured out early on that if, if I was going to do this and if I was going to, I couldn't just. I couldn't just audition, couldn't wait for someone to put me in something. So I just tried to make my own way, however that was. And if, if it, and it's me, it's like, I'm putting myself out there. I'm not playing a character. I'm not playing anybody else. It's me. And, um, I think there's a lot of people like, you know, history channel did a background check on me. I've never been on Reddit, but I'm not well liked on Reddit. Apparently <laughs> I am like, they don't like my movie opinions. Let me tell you what, let me tell you something. But I specifically wanted to highlight that. It's not like you just came out here and we're like, you know what? I like collecting things. Maybe I'll do a show and I'll hop onto the history channel. Like you've worked really hard to get to this point. And that's something I think, especially in our thirties and in adulthood, um, when there is like, I feel like there's, no one talks about like the, the 30, your pivot, your life pivots when you're in your Mm thirties. It's always about like the go getting in your Mm twenties and no one really talks about the Brad pivots, the Brad pivots. (laughs) No one really talks about the struggles in your thirties when you realize, Oh, I want more for myself or Hey, this angle isn't working. So I'm going to have to get creative and try something new. Or when you're putting yourself out there and you think it's just like a failure and instead it becomes like a bigger opportunity totally. than you imagined because I mean, you had the pilot for, um, Epic happy hours. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, to, to go on your point, Candace is like, I am, I was always a collector. I loved collecting stuff. You know, like I had, um, red rose tea back in the day, uh, would give you these little porcelain figurines in the red rose tea. I didn't drink a lot of tea, but my great grandma did. And she knew that I love these little figurines and I had those everywhere. I loved, um, you know, the starting lineups back in the day. Then I started getting into like, once I, once I found out that they kept those decanters with Jim Beam in them and there was all these pop culture food items. Like I kept big league chew for 20 years. I kept, yeah. Cause I thought big league chew was so cool. You can sell open big league chew and chew it. It's chewing gum. It's totally fine. Um, there are so many different like food items that I've kept closed in my, like I've opened up, pack, I kept packs of baseball cards closed for a long, long time thinking they would be collector's items. There's a, there's still, there's a baseball card store in Burbank that still, I eat the gum out of it to see what it tastes like. It's great. It's a, which I never knew any of that about you. That yeah. was kind of like secret life. Josh. Well, Cause you don't like when you tell people that you try old food or you collect old <laughs> things, they're like, uh, it's not what you lead with. It's I mean, exactly. you people. Yes, if you yeah. were here at dinner, I would have just been like, so this is our friend Josh. <laughs> um, you're, it's, you're 100% correct. Cause when I tell people about this, they're like, wait, so you're trying the old food. And I think that's the magical part about the show. Like that's our catch. But that's also the magical part about you. Yeah. Like, working all this time for like creating your own opportunity. And it's like, you kind of secreted this show totally. at this time in your life and the topics of the show. And I just think it's so cool. It yeah. also shows how everything's meant to be because you did do um, epic happy hours yeah. with the same production company, mm-hmm. which was a pilot for a series mm-hmm. that they ended up not picking up, but it, the pilot was so good. They aired it. Yeah. So it became this kind of, um, 
you know, one time special. And we all were so excited for you and watched that. And that was a huge success. But then that, you know, parlayed into this job. And I think that sometimes when you're just meant to do something, there's a lot of work and build up to it. But then once it starts to happen, you're like, oh, this is now I'm in my group. This is what I'm supposed to do. I think, you know, uh, one epic happy hours was really up my alley because I think you told my mom, like you told somebody, you're like, he's a bar guy, which I am. Yeah. Like when I was 10, I was at the dinner table. Mom said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be the host of Jeopardy and a regular at a bar. And she was like, we have to stop watching Cheers. <laughs> this is not working. Uh, so I, I love... I love being social. I love talking to people, anybody and everybody. Amanda uh, will always say, stop talking to people. We need to get going. Mm-hmm. I love finding a commonality between anybody. And I've always had passions uh, for everything, you know, like, and maybe knowledge is is part of the passion of what this show means is because I love, you know, absorbing knowledge. I didn't like school, but I loved learning, right? I love my favorite class at Penn State was religious studies one, because I, the teacher was so good and you learned information that you didn't know your whole life. I grew up Catholic. And so I only knew Catholicism. I didn't know anything about any other religion. Same thing with like, with this show was I'm learning so many things about things that I don't know that I'm like absorbing all of this information. I love it so much. You know, I, when we go to big bear as, or when we do friend stuff, I always try and make like a trivia game out mm-hmm. of it. Right. Cause I love people like having fun competing and learning at the same time. My parents were both teachers. Like it kind of makes sense. Right. And so Epic Happy Hour gets gets made, and I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to teach people about happy hours. Like, they're going to get to see this travel log of happy hours. Unfortunately, Travel Channel pivoted, Brad pivoted in a different direction. And so I, that didn't go to series, and that was a really was a bummer. But I think what's very, very important in this business is you stay friends with everybody, and you're very easy to work with, right? Like, you make everybody's life easier. Your talent your only job is to be in front of the camera and not mess up and not make life harder for anybody else on set. Because at the end of the day, editing a show is way harder than just being on the show, right? Like hosting the show, being the personality, but it does take a lot of effort and energy. And people I don't think get that about talent is it takes a lot of effort and energy to be on all the time. Mm -hmm. It does. It takes a lot of, of that effort. But I stayed friends with everybody at Sharp Entertainment and I made like, you know, I always sent them Christmas cards and they always invited me places. And I, and I made sure that all the connections that I kept because they were good people and, and being around good people matters. I think we know as friends of each other that being around good people matters. And so when this show came around, they reached out. They're like, you don't happen to like collect and taste old food, do you? And I was like, weirdly <laughs> enough, yeah, I do. Uh, they're like, okay, so they, why do you ask? Yeah. They're like, well, we've got this show and we think that you would be great for it because we have some other people that we're testing, but we know we need a Josh Makuga on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, awesome. And history, I don't think was sold on me right away, which I, I mean, I think a lot of people, I think there were, there was other people that were up for this show, like any other show. Right. And you just kind of have to sell yourself. And I think history became sold on me. And I think that's the most beautiful thing because they've been amazing through this, throughout this whole process. History Channel is so excited about the show. Um, and they, I think history kind of sees like the magic that we've created in this show. And they're, they're very, very excited. And it's it, like the three little bear, bears. Like you're not right. You're not right. Now you're just right. Correct. Yes. So like the, the my mommy wisdom. <laughs> Sorry, that was so random. <laughs> you're good. She's been reading mom books. It's very good. Goldilocks. Well, I tried to surprise a man and she's like, Are you sleeping on Friday? I came in early to try and surprise her. And she was like, I knew you were here because you were sleeping on the bed. And I was like, damn it, Goldilocks. Which is very yes. little red riding hood as well. It could go either way, <laughs> totally. really. I don't know my nursery rhymes. Okay, speaking of trivia, you're yes. such a trivia guy and uh-huh. you have so much knowledge. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, no. I've prepared some questions for you. <laughs> okay. Let's Let's see how good you are. Okay. Uh, Now, this one is true or false. Okay. So I'm going to give you that. Okay. True or false, Josh McCuga, Uh there used to be a law on how much lobster you could serve a prisoner as too much was considered to be cruel. Okay. So we we were supposed to go up and meet some like at the Lobster History Museum in Maine, but I don't think we're, we didn't do that. Um, And I know that lobster started off as a peasant food. And so- I would imagine that's true because lobster was considered just trash food. And that's they, true. Yeah. Good job. There All you right. Go. You got one. Yes. You got one. Yeah. Um, 
I've got some. Oh. Yes. Go, Candace, go. Come on, Dice. Okay. I, has anybody called you Dice on this show yet? No. There That's you go. Josh's nickname for Candace. The only, you're the only person who calls me <laughs> and that. And when they first met, Joe was like, I don't like it. I don't no. like it. Now he loves it. <laughs> yeah. Joe didn't, was not a fan of me at first because he thought I was flirting with a friend. It's, it's totally different. <laughs> Long story. Long story. Yeah. But that's Candace, D-I-C-E, Dice. Dice. There you go. Dice. Well, the dice is coming in hot <laughs> with a question about popsicles. Okay. Was the popsicle invented in 1905, 1945, or 1972? Okay. So it would have been tough in 1905 because it didn't have like refrigeration per se, but they did have, I think, oh man. All right. I'm going to go 1945. It was 1905. Damn it. It was by accident. An 11 year old <sighs> Frank Epperson left a sweet drink and a stirring stick on the porch overnight. It froze to the stick and it was called an Epsicle. And Epsicle. later they patented it and it became like a real thing yeah. in the 20s but see it, a, a lot of the things you learn on eating history is a lot of this stuff was created by accident you learn like about cereal being created by accident it's really like the stories behind a lot of the foods that we eat now totally by accident because i'm kind of obsessed with origin stories like i love movies that have the origin story like the superhero movies are like he was bitten by a spider and now he's a cute little teenager that can be a spider-man <laughs> right so Everything is sort of created by accident. And I should have said 1905. I knew it. But I'm thinking to myself. It's okay, Josh. It's okay. All right. It's okay. All right. I have a good pop culture one for okay. you. Since you are obsessed with collecting pop culture mm -hmm. things. In the black market of vintage Kool-Aid packets. Yeah. How much is a still sealed case? Case. Of pink Swimingo. Okay. So pink Swimingo. And I loved Kool-Aid. My mom wouldn't let me have it. So the only time we had it was at my grandma's and my dad's side. So Pink Swamingo was like a very rare flavor. It kind of came and went because then it just went to like the pink lemonade. I would say it's probably somewhere around 400 bucks. Oh my God. It's exactly $400. <laughs> <laughs> you did not see my paper. I didn't. I did wow. not see your paper. Wow. Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. All right. You, we All get, right. We get, we've learned a lot of prices of different things. It's crazy. I, and I, listen... When you get into this whole thing, you go down rabbit holes and it's wild because you want to, you want this stuff. Like I've been trying to find an unsealed, not box of Ecto Cooler, but they had bottles of Ecto Cooler. I don't even know what that is. It was the Slimer, Melissa knows, the Slimer um, uh, Kool-Aid, uh, or High C flavor and it was green. Oh, and from it, Ghostbusters. From Ghostbusters. Oh. And it came in the curtain, like it came in the juice boxes, but it also came in bottles and it bottles very, very hard to find. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so native Minnesotan William A. Mach William H. Macy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right, all right. Native Minnesotan William A. Mitchell okay. invented which of these three items? Okay. Cool Whip, Pop Rocks, Tang. Uh, Tang. He invented all of them. Well done, Dice. Really coming in hot. I all right. It. My last final question okay. for you. Okay. In 1965, okay. what type of sandwich made the voyage into space? Oh, uh, um, uh, he brought a turkey sandwich. Corn beef. Corn beef. Corn, corn beef sandwich. It was smuggled into space by astronaut John Young. I knew wow. we learned about it because we do actually eat like a legit food that went into space and come and came back wow because they you know they put food into space and then if they don't eat it it gets sent back down or comes back down with the shuttle or whatever um and weirdly enough you don't think about this but we do like shoot food into space all the time to land at the international space station and then you know they send food back does Postmates? it add flavor it's post it's grub it's actually grub huh? oh okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. um so we've tried some of this and you know there's like a lot of food items that they love and there's a lot of food items that they don't and the food science at nasa is insane because you know what you don't realize in space is you lose basically all your taste buds because everything goes to the roof of your mouth and doesn't stay on your tongue. So you, um, they put hot sauce on everything. Like hot sauce is the most popular thing in space because they just want to be able to taste something. Oh, this sounds like a great episode. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And we learned about the, but you, what you learn about is that that was really dangerous for him to take the corned beef into space because crumbs can float around, get into instruments and could bring down the space shuttle. <laughs> 
If wow. the space shuttle was brought do- down by a corned beef <laughs> sandwich, <laughs> wow. Wow. NASA's wow. like, we did not see that coming. We- Houston. <laughs> Aliens. Nope. <laughs> corned beef sandwich. Corned beef sandwich. You got it. Yeah. Um, well, you are a well of information. Oh, never you. ending, just Josh pretty <laughs> full of questions, answers, pop culture phenomenon. Thank you. Yes. Josh Makuga. Where can our listeners find you? On socials? Yeah. Uh, at Josh Makuga, Twitter and Instagram, M-A-C-U-G-A. Um, you have uh, there's um, a lot of like different promos to start coming out for the show. The show starts airing March 11th, 10 p.m. on History. We do back-to-back episodes. Uh, we follow Forged and Fire, which is really, really fun. And I think everybody's really, really going to love this show. It's um, it's It's been a wild ride. And uh, I'm just, I'm so excited for everybody to see it. It's really cool. We can't wait. This is right up my alley. Yeah. So excited. Uh, very nervous to come over to your place for dinner next time. <laughs> yes. I'm terrified as to what you're going to serve us. So uh, other than that, I'm thrilled. You we'll had see. my pasta carbonara. It's pretty good. Well, now good. I'm suspicious yes. of what's in this pasta Seven carbonara. Seven-year-old bacon. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We love you, Josh. Love you. Thank Thanks. you for having me. I love your show and I love you guys. You know, one thing I love so much about Josh is he's so positive and he has really had sort of a roller coaster of ups and downs where life has been really good. And then, it, you know, like he said, five years ago, he was delivering groceries and ended up delivering groceries to one of our friends. And he has really been through the the gauntlet of the entertainment industry, but he's always kept such a smile on his face and had such a positive attitude. And I think that's why ultimately he is now on this show and having such success and you just wouldn't want anything else for your friend this i think with social media right now something we've talked about you and i kayla is the the comparison you know issue and like projecting what you think someone's life looks like compared to what it actually could be behind these fancy instagram photos and something that has really kind of restored my faith in just wanting to like cheer everyone on um is just how like grateful I am for this group of friends that we have because through the ups and downs, it doesn't matter if someone's like riding high or riding low. Everyone still just wants to be together and support each other and, and lift each other up and laugh together and play dominoes together. Mm-hmm. And it it's a really interesting transition, I think, from your 20s to your 30s where you start to realize like whether friends are maybe some fair weather friends or friends that decide well, you know what? You're not really performing as well in your life. And I'm only Mm going to surround like-minded people and like living people around me because that is, that is who I am as opposed to just really, um, seeing someone for who they are in their heart and in their soul. And cause that's really what it's about. Like that, that is like, that's the stuff. That's the sauce. That's the, you know, stuff that never expires. And so, that I think that's part of why we're so excited to have Josh on today because we've been through all those ups and downs together. We've been through the like, yay, we all got it into the, oh, this is, this is hard. <laughs> they say people are in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And we definitely have found our lifetime friends. It reminds me a lot of the episode we did season one with Karina McKenzie and Aisha Tyler called Finding Your Tribe. And I truly believe once you find your tribe of people, you can all rise up together. And he's definitely a huge part of our tribe. So we love you, Josh. We love you, Josh. And, and we, we didn't even get to talk about how you swam in high school. Oh, that's that's for another time. That's it's an another inside episode. Joke. <laughs> that is another episode. If you guys didn't know, Josh McCuga did swim in high school. And if if you ever get a chance to meet him, please ask him all about it. He'll tell you all about it. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. And we, you're part of our tribe, too. We love it. We love our Directionally Challenged tribe. <laughs> get ready. We have a whole new episode for you guys next week. Take care of yourselves. Until then. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com